Hi, and welcome to the podcast from Knox Presbyterian Church in McDonald's Corners, Ontario. Knox is part of a three-church charge between Elfin, Snow Road, and McDonald's Corners. Each Sunday, there's a 9.30 a.m. service in Elfin or Snow Road, and then again at Knox in McDonald's Corners. If you are able to join us next week, we'd love to see you at one of our services. If not, we hope this reaches you wherever you are. This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page. amongst us and to open our hearts to hear your word and to worship you and praise you for all that you've done. We thank you that we're all here on this uh, day without power and I pray that you'd warm our hearts and help us to uh, celebrate the community that you surrounded us with. In your name we pray. All right, first up I would like to welcome my dear wife to uh, share the announcements and are there any? I'll let you go. All yours. Are there any birthdays? Anniversaries? Mine. No. Mine was That's wrong. No. It was a while ago. We didn't say it. We didn't say it. I think we can make this happen. Come on, Linda. We better Boxes are to be sent in. Just your shoe boxes here. You don't. 
thank you, love. All right, so now uh, please read along in the bulletin for the call to worship. I will be the leader, and we will all be the people. Dear God, speaks to us in words of love and generosity. Dear Jesus, stand upon us, calling us to acts of mercy. Even now, the Holy Spirit is moving in our midst, filling us with hope and us to faithfulness. Let us worship our ever-present, overflowing God. Let us praise God together. The first hymn is hymn number 350, To God Be the Glory.
Bow your head for the prayer of adoration, confession, and pardon. Dear God, as the seasons change, we see that you are still at work in the world, transforming hearts and situations. We praise you for all that you are doing to repair injustice and to bring peace to places of war, working with goodness to prevail in all nations. You are a God of great power and new possibilities, and so we place our hope in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ in our lives and in ours. Fill us with renewed energy and bless us with opportunities this autumn that we might participate in your work to bring justice and joy into this world that you love. Lord, we confess our sins of indifference. Too often we turn away so that we do not have to see the pain and suffering or injustice, even when the evidence is right here before our eyes. We don't want to feel uncomfortable, guilty, or pressured into service. In your great mercy, please forgive us, Lord. Teach us how to live and give us the courage to love others the way that you have loved us. The prophet Micah reminds us that God requires these three things. To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. Help us to do justice. Help us to love kindness. And help us to walk humbly before you. Amen. Our next hymn is hymn number 376. Please turn and sing along. Lord, the light of your love is shining. Now, I know that most of you, when you hear this song, you remember going to camp or going to some service where they may or may not have used their hands to clap. We're going to give that a try today. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
through Sunday school. It's really just hide and go seek. Well, we'll let Dora decide what's actually happening. So, guys, I want to quickly talk to you about what what is the most common thing that mommy and daddy think you guys say? Why? You guys say why a lot, don't you? Why can't we go swimming? That one I have a pretty good answer for. It is cold. <laughs> and you guys ask why with multiple different things. So, so, so you guys often ask questions like why, but you also say it in other ways. You say, Yeah, you guys can give ideas, but let's wait till we get to that point. Okay, you're getting ahead of me. This is what happens when these kids pre-study at the first service. <laughs> if you guys show that it's okay to act like this, we're just going to do that to sermon. You already know what I'm going to say too. <laughs> so you guys say why, do you guys also say who, what, where, how? Yeah, we hear that a lot. And you want to know what? We love it. Because you guys are learning so much. When you guys want to listen. Tell me, uh, let's talk about some of the biggest questions you guys have that maybe haven't been answered yet. Maybe we've got a lot of smart people here. Maybe we'll be able to answer them. Well, why? Why? Yes. Yeah, you can ask Lily. No, okay. You know what? No is an okay answer, so I don't know. Okay, so. Why can we not go to our grandma's house? That's a great question. We're going to have to ask your mom. Nobody's there. There we go. So, so all of this is because you guys are curious, right? You guys want to know more? Like Curious George. You guys are just like Curious George. Curious George. Curious George. You want to clear? So it's important to be. It's important to be curious, right? Yeah. Why, why do you want to be curious? What, what happens when you guys ask questions? You don't know. Hey, Caleb. You learn. You learn. Hooray! You guys are getting smarter every day. So keep asking questions. Be curious. Want to know more, but do it in a nice, kind way. We've got a rule at home, right, about asking why about some things. Yeah, we, so we have a rule at home that you can only ask why about something one time. Because sometimes it's like, uh, we'll ask the kids to clean the living room, and they'll say why. They're allowed to one time, but not more than that, or else, or else we clean the living room and things go away. Okay, I'm going to... Can you come up here? How about let's let's all hold hands and we're gonna pray to put 
we when we come to talk to God, we need to be respectful. But we're talking to Caleb. Okay, well, right now, you're not being respectful. We're about to talk to God, and we need to stop fooling around, and we need to pay attention. Okay? Well, yeah, you guys are right to go downstairs and have fun in Sunday school, but right now. Sometimes it's something deeper and purposeful, 
and we try and answer with what we think we know, but they're still wise. They're still curious. They still want to know more. Isla asks a lot of whys. They're very simple, very straightforward. Why, why are bananas yellow? Caleb has moved into how and what, and he wants to know why the essence of why. He wants to know deep questions. But as adults, we sometimes don't ask why enough. Sometimes we're not, we're nowhere near as inquisitive as these kids, which on one hand is because we do know more. But when I think about myself and why, why, I don't ask why enough. Sometimes it's because of personal insecurities. I, I don't really want the person I'm asking to know that I don't know something. I don't always want to ask a farming question to Tom because maybe I should know it. I live in Highlands. I've been around here long enough. Sometimes I think I know enough to bluff it. Other times I've missed a word and I don't really know what they're talking about just because I didn't hear it. You all know that that situation where somebody's talking about something and you're thinking, I just need to listen long enough and I'll figure this out. Other times we don't ask why out of fear that we're going to make the person feel bad or or make them feel defensive or that we're challenging them you know sometimes you ask why did you do that and the person gets defensive thinking that we're criticizing instead of just genuinely curious and sometimes it's just plain old arrogance we think we know it all so reflecting in personal history here i think that that there's some good reasons and maybe some good things that we could take from this for insecurities, we know that it's easier to ask why or ask for somebody to repeat something early in the conversation. If we wait 10 minutes out and then have to reveal that we have no sweet clue what they're talking about, that becomes harder and harder as things go on. The, uh, the fear part about asking why and we're afraid that they're going to get defensive, well, that takes practice. It takes practice for us to learn how to ask why how to ask in a way that doesn't trigger uh, anger or frustration or feeling criticized. And arrogance, well, that's a whole other matter that kind of comes down to uh, personal reflection. So let's take me, for example. I'm up here, and I'm the best version of myself that I've ever been. I'm the smartest version of Joel Smith that's ever been here. I'm, I'm the best. I'm the best. But when we look back in history, I may have felt this a few times already. So, I mean, let's not talk about when I was a teenager or a kid, because I know that I didn't know anything, but I still thought I was pretty awesome. But then I turned 20, and I'm going to university, although Tracy argues very strictly that it's only college. I live in Toronto. I'm independent. I'm on my own. I get my first cellular telephone. I'm driving my own car. I have freedom. I mean, Mark and Shannon did give me the car. And I feel like a king. I'm in the city. I've got this really good-looking girlfriend. Wow, she's hot. And I feel great. I feel on top of the world. But then fast forward, and I'm 25. And I look back at that 20-year-old and think, he knew nothing. Man, he had no idea what was about to hit him. But now I'm 25. I'm married. I have a house that I built with my own two hands. 
most importantly, a lot of help from my father-in-law and the rest of the family. I have a job. I were driving a nice truck. I'm making some money. I feel like I've got it all. And man, my wife is good looking. <laughs> Things are great, and I'm I'm great. But then fast forward, and I'm 30, and I look back at that 25-year-old and think, man, he knew nothing. He didn't know what was about to hit him. But now I'm 30, and I've got two kids, uh, all boys and girls. I've got a millionaire sitting And I feel great. We're driving an SUV. Our house is still not finished, but at least I've got a purpose around here. And I feel great. And man, did I mention my wife is so good looking. Life is great. <laughs> and I think I've got it all. I am great. But now I'm 35. Yes, I am 35 years old. I, and I am, you know, right now, I'm a third of a century, I'm more than a third of a century old. Hopefully, I'm about a quarter of my life expectancy. But we can talk about how I don't know it all. And I think I have it all. I'm great. My kids are fantastic. My wife drives a nice vehicle. My life is, my life is perfect. And when I look back at that 30-year-old, man, he knew nothing. But me now, I know it all. I think that there's probably a life lesson in all of this. <laughs> in, in, uh, in the gospel, uh, Matthew, Matthew talks a couple times, um, or he, he records a few times where the disciples ask Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he calls the child into, unto him, and places the child among all the teachers. And this is in Matthew 18. It says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes a lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a child in my name welcomes me. So we might, we all at times, think that we, that we got it figured out. That we know it all. That we're great. But we need to remember that it's important to ask why. It's important to be curious. It's important to be humble and think like a child and act like a child. Curious about all things. So that's kind of, that's, a, that's an intro to what I really want to talk about today. Uh, about why and being curious and what it means to, to know who and why a few years back, I had to read a book for work. Uh, the whole team did, uh, called It Starts With Why. And it's by an author named Simon, Simon Sinek. And he has a few, uh, a few talks online and on YouTube that you can watch. And he talks about this idea of the golden circle. And it's here on the front of your bulletin to, uh, as, an, as an example of something you can take home and put on your refrigerator. So the golden circle is that everything starts with why. All great organizations, all great companies, even all great people start with why. Knowing our why, which develops into our how, and it becomes our what. But unfortunately, we only we always think in reverse order. We always think about the what. So if we talk about, you know, when we think about people, we think about what they do, or what they have, or what we think about. But we don't think about why, like what makes them. We think about the other side of stuff. 
When we think about uh, businesses, so when we think about McDonald's, we think about you know, they make hamburgers. They make them really fast. There's a lot of other things, but we think that they make food, they make them really fast. AMB Ford in Perth, we think that they sell vehicles and they service vehicles. The Hill General Store, while well, it provides convenience and food and everything you need to know about our community in one spot. <laughs> but that's the what. The what is easy. We all know the what. So then we move, if we're going the wrong way, we move up into the how. Well, the how is, is what differentiates everybody. So if we, think about, if we think about the food example, you know, McDonald's makes hamburgers. But everybody makes hamburgers. So what differentiates? What's the how? You know, A&W, they say that our how is that we make we make hamburgers that's never been uh, given hormones or antibiotics. Uh, Wendy's says that we never freeze our beef patties and we make it baby's way. Harvey says, make it your way. Whatever you want, we'll put on it. So that's the how. But when you go the wrong way through it, you, your what is your hamburger, your how is we make it super special, but then the why just becomes, well, why promise? Here it is. Give us your money. But that's not something that we can align with. That's not something that we can feel connected to. We feel connected to the why. We feel connected to the purpose, the underlying principles of why something's there. And that's what we need to think about as people and as the church. But I'll get to that in a minute. So there's a few good examples of inspiring organizations or organizations that inspire that really focus on the why, starting with the why. For instance, Apple computers. They make computers, they make iPads, they make phones. They make all the devices that we sit and walk at instead of talking to each other. And Apple says their why is everything we do, we believe, can challenge the status quo. We believe in thinking differently. That's a big why. That doesn't talk anything about computers or electronics. That's just what, why they are a company, why they do what they do. Their how is that we challenge the status quo by making our products beautiful and simple. Anybody who's used an iPad or an iPhone knows that they are beautiful and simple. It doesn't take very long for you to figure it out or for some six-year-old to show up and tell you how it works. And then their what, their product is Turns out we make nice computers. We make nice phones. We make nice things because of our why and because of our how. But if they did that in the wrong order, if we think uh, Apple makes really nice computers and they make them simple and they make them clean and they make them beautiful, but if you go the wrong way, the why just becomes, so you should buy one. Everybody needs one. You should buy two because they're that great. Everything starts with why. So we'll look at a few examples in our world uh, of companies that start with why, and that builds out their entire, our entire, their entire mission. Some of them we can we connect with, some of them we don't. But in order to connect with something, it starts with why. Starbucks, their why is our mission is to ins- inquire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, one neighborhood at a time. Whoa, that doesn't even talk about coffee. It just talks about what, why they built their coffee shops and why they make their atmosphere the way that they are. And I don't know if I fully would have believed all that when I walked into a Starbucks, but you often think about Starbucks, about sitting down in a nice restaurant, 
drinking an extremely overpriced coffee with somebody you care about and talking and listening. And then that mission kind of makes sense. Like, I get that. Coca-Cola says that their mission is to refresh the world, to inspire moments of optimism and happiness, to create value and make a difference. When we think about what we see in the world about Coca-Cola and the commercials, at least, that they show us, it's Santa Claus, polar bears, and smiles. It is all those things. Here's an interesting one. So whenever my family and I go to the United States, we like to go to this restaurant called Chick-fil-A. And uh, all that they serve is chicken burgers and fries. It's a fast food chain. And it's delicious. I like food and this is some good chicken. <laughs> but their mission is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that he entrusts to us. To have a positive influence to all that come in contact with Chick-fil-A and to be America's best quick-serve restaurant. Wow. That's a big mission to fill with chicken burgers. But it's good. And when you go there, you feel good. And the people are positive. And they take really good care of you. And when you go to the bathroom, it's getting personal. When you go to the washroom, they're playing praise and worship music that you recognize in church, just with, without the lyrics. So you feel positive. You feel good. And even though their product, their what, might not directly lead people to Jesus, their mission, their why, the reason that they're building a company and influencing people and have positive relationships is because they're here to glorify God, being a faithful steward of all that he entrusts to us. That's a big why. That creates a lot of runway to do things in this world. World Vision, their why is to be an international partner with Christians whose mission is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in working with the poor and oppressed to promote human transformation, seek justice, bear witness to the good news of God. You could do anything with that mission statement. You could, you could help people in third world countries who are devastated. You could, you could send gifts of hope and love and shoeboxes to, to kids to, sh to let them know that somebody cares and somebody loves them. You could build hospitals. You could build schools. You could do anything with that mission statement. Shriners Hospitals, their mission, their why, is to become the best at transforming children's lives by providing exceptional health care through innovative research in a patient and family-friendly environment. Hopefully none of us need to spend much time in the Shriners Hospital, but anybody who does says good things about their hospitality and the extra care they put in. The Humane Society, celebrating animals, com confronting cruelty. Four words. That's pretty simple, but speaks to everything they're about. So when they've got a why that says celebrating animals, confronting cruelty, every decision that they do, everything they, they invest their time in, everything, every time that they, that they request volunteers to help out with their cause, it is very clear what they're doing. Celebrating animals, confronting cruelty. It, it really helps establish everything that they're about. Habitat for Humanity, seeking to put God's love into action. Habitat for Humanity brings people together to build homes, communities, and home. Wow. So when you're when, you, when somebody volunteers for that organization and they're swinging a hammer or they're carrying supplies or they're helping to rebuild the community, 
going back to their why, it's solid. You know exactly why you're there. You're there to, to put God's love into action. End of sentence. So us as humans, we align on the why. We feel connected to companies and organizations because of why. So let's, let's take this a little more regional. We're here at church. We're here part of a church group, a community, an organization. Why are we here? Why are we at church? Is it because we didn't have anything else to do this Sunday morning? I'm happy you're all here. But we're here to come together as the family of Christ, as the body of believers, to, to listen to God's word, to worship him, to celebrate, and to share the thing that brings us together. I mean, we all like each other, but we're all here because Jesus brings us together. We're all here because the gospel brings us together. Every group, every cause, every gathering has a solid why. And when we think about who we are as people and what we do in life, we always need to remember that the what, what we do, whether it's volunteering, whether it's planting a garden, whether it's making dinner, whatever we're doing, we have to go back to the why to feel inspired, to remember why we do it. You know, uh, right now we're in a phase where we're, we're raising children. So, you know, sometimes the what is packing lunches and discipline and putting kids to bed and baths, and that can get exhausting. Unless, and I'm speaking on behalf of my wife. <laughs> Let's be clear here. But when, we, when, we, when you pull it back and you remember, why are we doing this? We're doing this because we've been entrusted with two beautiful human beings. And it's our job to bring them life and teach them to be well-rounded and to show love. And to be good humans and good stewards of what God's given us. It makes the making lunches and the discipline and the getting ready for bed all make sense. Because we've got a solid why. So when we look at the Bible... Here's the why of the Bible. Here's the why of the gospel. And I remember the first time that I saw the why and it actually, uh, it actually made sense to me was uh, as a little boy, I may or may not have snuck out of my parents' house on a Sunday afternoon to go to a neighbor's and watch Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Hulk Hogan and all of his glory. And I don't know why I did that. Besides, I thought it was cool, and I also thought it was real. But, um, but oh, every time you did, the camera would pan out to the audience, and somebody would be there holding a sign that says John 3.16. And you'd recognize that, and you'd be like, hey, that's the Bible. Why would they be doing that? But then you read it, and this is the why of the gospel. The why, the how, and the what. Here's the why. For God so loved the world. Whoa. That's a big why. For God so loved the world. How? He gave his one and only son. Whoa. So his why, God's why is so big that God loved, that God so loved this world that he gave his one and only son. And the what is that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's a big mission statement. That's a big thing that we can all believe in and we can all align to and feel empowered by. So when we think about 
what the church does, what our congregation does in the community. When we think about our upcoming meal, where a bunch of community members are going to come out to the, to the art and cultural hall and be a part of our church family for a meal, it's not about raising money. That's the what. It's not about just getting everybody together. That's the what. It's not about great food. That's the what. They're all great what's. But the why is that for God so loved this world that he gave his one and only son, that whomever believes in him shall not perish and have everlasting life. And we're here to be that lighthouse. We're here to share that hope and share that why and live out that love in a way that makes the community feel welcomed and want to align to what the gospel teaches us. At this point, I'd like to uh, welcome the ushers up to collect today's offer. Or the, the usher. Joyce, 
Rob, <coughs> Stan, Morgan, and Nick. And be with our folk who are, who are in retirement homes and can't make it out. Please be with Rita and Norma, Audrey, Dawn, and Donna. And I pray that you would search our hearts. Each of us has somebody on our hearts that we hope is reached and touched by you. And we pray that you would reach out to those who are in our lives and in our communities that need to know you and open their hearts to hear your word and to see your hope. And I pray that you'd help us to, to be that light. Help us to show up and show up with intent and show up with care and show up with light and love. Help us to remember the why of why we're here. Help us to remember the why of your gospel. Remember the why of life and the why of why we're why we contribute to the things that we're a part of. We pray that you be with us, be with our community, be with our leaders and our church volunteers. Grant them the strength and the care and the hope to pursue you. Closing hymn is hymn number 324. Now before, I want to just comment on this before Linda starts playing, because earlier this week, I got to play a fun trivia game with Linda that I think should become a regular here at Knox. <laughs> so earlier this week, I called Linda to tell her uh, what change we'd be singing. And we wanted to talk a little bit about how do we deal with the power edge as uh, the clicking of keys with electricity would, would be entertaining. So I said the first hymn on the phone, and I said the first hymn this week is going to be To God Be the Glory. You want to know what Linda said? Hymn number 350. <laughs> I almost fell off my chair. Thank goodness I was standing up already. So then I thought, let's play a game. So I said the next hymn is hymn number... Uh, oh, oh, I didn't give it away. The next hymn is Lord, the light of your love is shining, and she said 374. But it's 376, but I think we give it to her. Because that's very close. And then the last one this week is Great is Thy Faithfulness. And she said 250. She said 250, which is correct if we were united. But in the Presbyterian hymn book, it is 324. <laughs> I think we should all give a round of applause for So trivia night, I think. It shows my age. I've gone to a lot of different churches. I know a lot of different hymn books. <laughs> Well, please uh, stand with us once we start singing to Great Is Thy Faithfulness.
Thank you for tuning into this week's service. Again, we would love to have you join us at one of our two Sunday morning services. First at 9.30 in either Elfin or Snow Road. We alternate week week after week throughout the summer. And then in the winter, we're only in Elfin. And then again at 11 a.m. in McDonald's Corners. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin. We hope to hear from you soon, and we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are.